Hey, this is Captain Lee, and you're listening to the Andertons Podcast. Hey everybody, thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Anderson's TV. And my special guest today, all the way from Hawaii, is a multi-Grammy winning uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee, Mr. Carlos Santana. Um, thank you so much. Uh, tell me, how, is Hawaii as beautiful as uh, it always seems on the postcards? Much better. <laughs> how long have you lived in Hawaii for? Uh, I've been living up and on here since uh, probably the 90s. Oh, wow. Uh, but I moved back to the mainland, and then this time we moved in about two years ago to Kauai this time. Not, not Maui, not Honolulu, to Kauai. And it's very different in here. Right. A slower pace of life. Yeah, this is... So, people used to say, everybody wants to go to heaven, nobody wants to die. <laughs> and, and now I say, I'm in heaven, and, and I didn't die. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. And is your, are you in your recording studio there? No, no, just the living room. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Can I see just over your shoulder? Is, is that a dumbbell just over your shoulder? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That is amazing. Well, look, we're here to talk a little bit about guitars and... Um, music and new music and maybe some old music as well um but i i guess i want to start with um your most of your playing career you've used guitars that have um a two humbucker uh kind of setup um i know early days it was maybe two p90s when about during you know your your playing playing life did you realize that 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 kind of guitar was going to allow you to express your your tone in the way you wanted to uh it pretty much started like around the 60s uh because um that people always look for a tone you know I, i think that as a musician you always are looking for that tone your uniqueness your individuality your authenticity. The main thing about music is that people should people should recognize you in one note, you know. And by the grace of God, I have accomplished being recognizable in one note, no matter what amplifier or guitar I play. Right. You know, I choose I choose at the beginning Gibsons, and then I then then I went to Paul Reed. Uh, and I never look back I, because Paul makes his guitars that in which he can send them across the world. And when they when they arrive, they always arrive in tune and you can play it right off the box. Yeah. So, you know, the, the main thing about Paul Reed is, is two words, uh, impeccable integrity. And when you have those things put together with consistency, then you can pretty much don't think about the guitar, just think about uh, the, your, your emotions, your feelings, and your passion. Mm. That's what's really important when it comes to the music that I play, those three things. And I know everybody, um, you're, you're very famous for talking about uh, how spirituality affects music and music affects your spirituality. Um, I suppose you're, you're right. It's a you're part of a fairly select club of guitar players who are instantly recognizable from, as you say, one note. Um, Was that, you know, again, during the 60s when you were cutting your teeth as a professional guitar player, was that something that you consciously wanted to achieve? Or do you just think that's some greater power has just given you that kind of gift? It's the second one. You know, when I was when I was very young, I didn't know better, so I wanted to sound like B.B. King, and then I wanted to sound like Otis Rush, and then I wanted to sound like Eric Clapton, and then I wanted to sound like uh, Peter Green. I wanted to sound like everybody that I love. 
uh, Albert King, Freddie King, BB King. And I used to actually lock myself into a closet in the dark and try to get the notes to sound and feel just like Otis Rush. And after a while, I realized that the more I tried, the less I sounded like them, and it just I just sounded like me. And then I said, well, maybe that's not so bad. Well, I mean, and it certainly worked out. I, I, I kind of find your... There's, there's, uh, I've heard Paul, Paul Reed Smith talk about um, how he tracked you down and, you know, like a private detective trying to get his guitar to you. Um, and that first break for him was probably, uh, you know, who knows what would have happened to him and, and his guitar brand had you not decided to play his guitar. But what were your, what's your recollection of that um that sort of mid-80s time when, when Paul was trying to, to get you the guitar? I was really impressed and inspired that a person would have that kind of diligence, uh, focus, and tenacity to, uh, you know, because at, at that time it was basically Gibson and Fender. Gretsch uh, was a guitar, but... Uh, at least for me, with all respect to Gretsch, it's not something that I ever wanted to sound like. Uh, I just wanted to sound more like, because uh, it's very difficult to play blues uh, on a Gretsch guitar. You can play country, yeah. and you can play Beatles songs, but you can't play the blues, or at least when you, when you try to play the blues, it sounds a little nasally, yeah. you know, kind of like that. And, and I didn't want to sound like that. I didn't want to sound country. So... I like the Telecaster and I like the Stratocaster, but I basically felt that because I started off as a violin player, I felt that the Gibson guitars, or now the Paul Reed guitars, it allows me to uh, play like a violin or like a voice, which is the greatest compliment that anybody can give you as a guitar player, that you sound like Aretha or Billie Holiday or, or Dionne Warwick. You sound like a voice. You know, that's... Because a lot of people play a lot of notes, a lot of chords, and they play really fast. I always felt that the most important thing for me would be to uh, create a note that four corners of the world would love it, like my, like a Miles Davis uh, melody, you know. So melodies in the in the in the right tone for me uh, is much easier to articulate the music that I want to play. It's it's interesting you 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 talked about vocalists and I, and I think that's I've heard you talk about that before and and, and I, per, personally I will always um, enjoy listening to a guitar player that is trying to connect with their instrument in a vocal way rather than you know I'll always go for feel over pure technique um, but you 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 mentioned three female vocalists. I didn't. You didn't mention a male vocalist. Do you do you do you maybe sort of? I don't know. Do you are you inspired more by the female voice than the male voice, or is that just um, was that just a coincidence that you happened to mention those three? I'm drawn more towards women, towards the female vocalists, uh, because my sound is more like a, a female vocalist. Like Miles is a female. Coltrane is is male. Uh, I do love Marvin Gaye a lot. I do love uh, Michael Jackson a lot. Uh, but I still lean more towards mm. Aretha and, uh, and Billie Holiday is, or my Haley Jackson's, you know, uh, singing. Uh, there's something very haunting about the, the, the frequency of, of the vibration uh, frequency, vibration, energy that they emanate, uh, it's easier for my heart to, to articulate yeah. with my fingers that, that kind of direction. Yeah. So going back to this, this time when Paul met you, uh, I, I probably didn't meet Paul until maybe 10 or 15 years after that. But I've seen pictures of him and, he, and he's quite a, you know, he's a sort of quirky young guy, um, He's very intense and very passionate about what he does. Um, but what, was it literally like he was just following you around and knocking on backstage doors and just trying to get you a guitar? Or was it, did, it, did somebody, did your roadie kind of hook you up with him? 
Uh, you know, it happened very, very naturally, very normal. Uh, he was not imposing or pushy. Uh, the way he presented himself, again, uh, I, it was impressive and inspiring because I could see in his eyes uh, that he was going to be right up there with those top three, with Gibson, Fender, and Paul Reed. And that's not easy to do, you know. I mean, you have now other guitar guitars, uh, uh, Ibanez or Yamaha. However, uh, to after all this long run, because it is a marathon run, you know, sometimes people, they sell to Pepsi-Cola or Coca-Cola because they can't, whatever, you know. But Paul has been able to maintain uh, a great position. When, when MTV started in the 80s, a big percent of the guitar players in those bands started to play uh, Paul Reed's guitars. You can see it, you know. Uh, so you can tell that he was uh, entering into arena that it was very selective with just Gibson and Fender. And I am so proud of him because uh, his tenacity and uh, his, his focus, you know, to stay with something has been very rewarding for me as well. Yeah. Well, I think the, the guitar he made for you with the, the, the little detail going down the, the middle of the body where the two pieces of maple book match, it's, a, it's such a beautiful, beautiful looking guitar. Um, and it does. I think there's a, there's a certain symbiotic... Uh, I think the way Paul voices his guitars and the way you try to sound really complement each other in a way that... Um, I can't think of many other artists whose natural sound is so in tune with the the instrument maker in terms of what they're trying to do. Um, but your relationship with Paul and with PRS kind of went to a whole other level um, because weren't, weren't you one of the driving uh, forces behind Paul's decision to, to do the SE range? Yeah, uh, the SE, basically, I, I'm the one that became like Paul. I started like seeking him out and, and being constantly persistent and on, on his case. And I said, look, because I kept hearing, you know, that like anything in life, sometimes I kept hearing that his company was in trouble and was, it was, you know, sometimes it was difficult to maintain all of that. And I said, well, Paul, look, when I started... They used to have the Gibson Junior, which was, they call it a student model. I said, why don't you make student models, man? It, you know, a lot of people cannot afford, people in junior high school, in high school, they can't afford the guitars that you make for me, you know? So make one for kids who go to junior high school and high school. And you kept looking at me like I was crazy, you know? And, and so after about literally almost like 20 to 25 years, he finally listened to me. <laughs> when he didn't listen to me, I'm not exaggerating. I would pretty much believe it's save his company, you know, because the youngsters, and for me, I thank you from the center of my heart because uh, they tried to in, uh, invite into the Navy, Army, Marines, and uh, all, the, all, all of that, recruit people. I'm trying to recruit new guitar players, you know, because... It's important to get kids away from the guitar hero, you know, technical, uh, electronic, ugly sound. I call it an ugly sound, you know. And when you get the real sound from, I mean, talking about a real sound, I discovered yesterday, after 50 years, I discovered that the Doors travel with Albert King. Right. They did a tour with Albert King. And they play together a whole lot, like, like four or five songs, almost like a half a concert in Vancouver. So I seeked it out and I found it and it was like, oh my God, Albert King went, Albert King went totally bananas, you know, A Little Red Rooster and all these other songs. I got so excited, I actually emailed and started bugging my brother Eric Clapton and he never heard it. So we both we both going crazy discovering Albert King with the Doors, our two one of our two favorite bands. But again, I'm coming back to 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 to. It's important to follow like Paul. He followed his uh, inner voice. I follow my inner voice. I finally did convince them to create the student model. I think he has 22 different 
versions of student models now. You know, so obviously I knew what I was talking about. And uh, they are some of the best uh, guitars in their price range of anything. Uh, I, I even remember for many, many years there was, uh, there was some ambiguity as to what the SE stood for and was it the Santana edition or was it the student edition or the special edition or whatever like that. Even now I'm not sure there's an official line. So maybe, maybe we should leave it like that, ambiguous. Maybe it is the Santana edition, yeah. who knows. Um, there are two, uh, two, you've updated your SE models recently, haven't you? I think just before we started rolling, did you have a gold one with you? Yes, yes. It just got sent to me. Uh, it's pretty. <laughs> they smell good too. Is it true? Can you smell a good guitar? Do you know if it's going to be right just from its smell? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So that one uh, obviously is the single cut and traditionally you've maybe played a double cut kind of style. So what are you, what are you loving about the, the difference between the two? I'm finding that the double cut, it looks really nice uh, and, and, and it sounds great. The single cut, for some reason, I don't know if it's psychological, it seems to have a, a, diff, a, a more warmer, thicker tone, and it tends to stay in tune a little better. <laughs> Maybe the, 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 kind of like a log kind of thing. Sure. You know? So uh, I, I like staying in tune because I don't want to think about it. I just want to like be able to play music that I don't think about. It. Yeah. Yeah. Just as an extension. Absolutely. Um, and what about, what is it about the color? Do you like, are you, do you find, uh, uh, is there some importance around the gold or is, is that just visually you like it? Well, I think gold represents victory. It, it, it represents triumph. It represents Royal. Uh, you know, I don't look at gold like money or, or, or any like that. I always thought of gold something like, like something imperial and royal and majestic. Yeah. Uh, so when he made this guitar, you know, uh, and I and I grabbed it and it resonated, jumping out of the speakers, uh, it, it, it was easier for me to uh, uh, get get the three tones that I like: head tones, chest tones, belly tones. Yeah. You know, and this guitar. Uh, gives you that right out of the box. I, I heard you talk about those three tones in a, in another article. I think you referenced to, to almost um, uh, vocal registers, you know, like tenor, baritone, that those kind of sounds that different singers will have. Um, and is that is that a sort of a search for you? Are you all, are you always looking for for guitars and, and amplifiers that will give you those three tones? And do you have certain setups? or certain songs where you go, oh, you know what, this, this would suit this register of tone or? Thank you for asking. Once I found the tone, I can, I can, um, I can do what I want to do in any song. Right. Uh, because, uh, for example, uh, a, a friend of mine was doing uh, a roadie for me. And he, he worked with uh, Robin Ford and Larry Carlton. And when he was w with me for about two weeks, he says, oh, you know, I said, thank you, for, thank you for helping me out because my main person was not around. He, he was doing something else. So he says, uh, listen, before I go, man, I, I want to know, why do you play three amplifiers with three amplifiers? I go, well, it's not because of volume. I says, it's because the boogie, since I've been playing since 72, is they're, they're the they're the head tones, you know, like head tones, and then Dumble is the chest tones, and I use this other amplifier named Bluto from Denver, Colorado, for because they have more bass yeah. for the for the Pavarotti <laughs> kind of belly tones, you know, and once I get those three going on, on any stage, it's easier for me to play in any song with any singer or any artist. I become the chameleon, what, to, what I become, you know, then I don't need to do this or do the, that. I'm the one that has to adopt uh, my sensitivity, sensibility, sensibility and sensitivity to match 
whatever gets in front of me. Because what I learned after playing with so many uh, musicians, women and men, I have learned the art of knowing when to come in and not to step on anybody's lines, you know. And play it in such a way that if you play with Eric Clapton or John Lee Hooker or Body Guy, play in such a way that they look at you, and by the way they're looking at you, you know they're going to invite you back, you know? <laughs> uh, because it's never been, with, with Eric and I and all of us, it's never been about competition, man, or, or comparing. It's always been about complimenting. So, again, with, with the Paul Reed guitar, it's easiest to compliment. You just close your eyes, and your, your spirit, your soul, and your heart immediately become one. Uh, the analogy that I give is like, a, it's like a, a piece of glass that you put next to the sun at the right angle, and then the whole rainbow appears. Yeah. Not, just, not just green and not just yellow, but the whole rainbow. And, and see, once I have those tones, uh, this is why I do a sound check. It's just to, just to crystallize uh, and so that it's not fussy or, or weird. So it's like pristine with definition. Uh, then I love that about um, this cat, uh, Johnson, Eric Johnson. He's like that too. Some people are really sticklers for tone. You know, they spend a, they spend a lot of time getting the tone right before they record or play live. I think if you're a, if you're the, if you're in that kind of virtuoso guitarist camp, then uh, you're right. It's your voice, isn't it? It's not just the notes. It's the um, it's the timbre and the and the the sustain and the and it's the emotion that it evokes in the person that's listening to it. It's um, so it's so important. Um, I, I'm I'm keen to know just because I'm a sort of a nerdy gear guy. You've got what's the blue guitar that you've got just behind you? Okay, uh, the blue guitar is a is another model that he made for me. It's, it's called the Santana. Oh African wow, Santana. that's amazing! That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. How long have you had that one and, for? Uh, since since March. Okay, cool. And then he sent, and then he made me another one. Oh, I like that too. That's great. What's the? Uh, where did you get the idea for the for the angel on the on the body? It's from uh, our our album called Abraxas right. that we made. Uh, this is Gabriel. That angel is called Gabriel, and he's the one that announced to Mary that she was going to have Jesus. Yeah, that's that angel. That's oh, beautiful. Um, it must be great having a friend like Paul Reed Smith so that every few months just a new guitar turns up and it's got some beautiful custom artwork on it. Um, does he tell you about this stuff or does he just send it to you as a surprise? I, it works the other way. I'm the one that comes up with a concept of what it looks like. Right. Then I send it to him and then he puts it out with, with his company to see if it's feasible and po uh, pos the possibilities of doing it. But a lot of it... Uh, you know, I, I, if I didn't play the guitar, I can make a living just with my imagination alone. You know, because I, I, God gave me imagination to, though I don't paint anymore like I used to when I was in high school, but I still have a, a, a very, very vivid uh, imagery when I close my eyes about hearing music, seeing music, and, and the same thing with guitars. So I think that there's a way to uh, recruit new guitar players, women and men. You know, I, I'm happy to tell you that there's more and more youngsters that are coming out that are very, very impressive and very inspiring. I, 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 I'm always encouraged to see a bright future. Uh, and when I see a young 11 or 10 year old or, or like that, uh, you know, where, where you know they're not shucking and jiving and posing. They're not, they're not doing that. <laughs> they ain't doing that, man. They, 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 you know, you know when a musician is, is, is in it because they're going to start drooling when they're playing, the, when, they're, when they're playing a solo, saliva go, comes out of their mouth into their chest. And they don't even know that it's happening. 
and you see their eyes getting like white, you know, and you go, yeah, that's the kind of musician that's going to make the music of the future. Because you have to be all lost inside the note. You got to get it, you know, it's not to, don't get lost in the pedals and don't get lost in this. No, get, get inside that note because that note is what gives you the keys to the hall of eternity. Yeah. Like Stevie Ray, you know, and, and, and Jimi Hendrix. You, you, I, you know, if I was a musician, I, I, I would want to hang out with in, in the Hall of Eternity, you know. <laughs> I, 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 I so, I love everything that you, you say about music. I mean, it, it, it's, as you say, don't compete, compliment, feel it. You know, it's not, it's not about how many notes you play. It's, it's a... Uh, it's in, it's inspiring, I think, and 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 as you say, to, it's still when you when you see in a when you see a, a young guitar player, and I I mean really young, as you say, someone who's maybe ten or twelve or thirteen years old, and they get it. They 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 just you know they just they play uh, maybe they just play smoke on the water. They've just worked it out, smoke on the water, but you can see inside their brain it's just triggered something and it's so powerful and they just get it and it's such a joy to see that happen in another person because you know now that their life is just going to be um richer for being able to to play a musical instrument um they're going to be able to touch other people's hearts and invite them to look at the bigger picture because the best thing that I ever learned, you know, at the Fillmore, going to see B.B. King and Eric Clapton and Jimi Hendrix and Michael Bluehue and, you know, Fleetwood Mac with Peter Green. When I heard this music, somehow I could see the big picture in my life. You know, I, I knew that I fit. I fit in there. You know, I, I, I belong in there. I belong with, you know, with, with uh, Lonnie Mac and I belong with, you know, that kind of... Uh, crowd, uh, and 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 I can see myself on stage and hearing myself with them, and, and I also want to uh, believe that the notes that come out of my fingers and my heart can actually touch people's hearts and give them the hope and courage to be better people. That's really what what a real guitar player can do. Man, when I first heard Manitas de Plata or Jungle Reinhardt. I, I was like, oh, wait a minute, you know, or Bolasete or Segovia, you know. I was like, oh, okay, you know, all of a sudden, because I started basically with just three people, John Lee Hooker, Lightning Hopkins, and Jimmy Reed. It was as basic as you can get, but as basic as it is, it's very difficult to play, you know, uh, uh because you got to play it just right, otherwise you sound corny, you know, because <laughs> it's so simple. If you don't play it right, you sound corny. Uh, later on, I did discover, you know, B.B., Freddie, Albert, and, you know, like that. Uh, and we, I'm still searching. I'm still searching for uh, things to play in the guitar from John Coltrane. Uh, my main guy right now is Sonny Chirac. And I'm happy to tell you, I want to do a whole thing on Sonny Chirac. I want to invite the best musicians that I know that play guitar to play about 10, 12 songs from Sonny Chirac. Because to me, Sonny Chirac, John McLaughlin, and Jimi Hendrix are the most important guys. Wow. At that level. And yet that, that uh, uh, Sonny, Sonny Chirac, I'm, I'm not familiar with. So he's, I, I mean, obviously, John McLaughlin and Jimi Hendrix, most, well, hopefully all guitarists will know those guys. But... Um, Tell me a little more about Sonny Chirac. Okay. Sonny Chirac is the kind of person that plays really beautiful, and then all of a sudden he turns into like a living freaking tornado in front of you, and it's like, Wah! you know, like the Tasmanian devil and a tornado <laughs> and Chainsaw Massacre, and it's so crazy, like Coltrane, and Galactic, and, and Universal going nuclear, but there's beauty in there. It'll be my joy to send you some Sonny rock music. I've been talking to his musicians because he passed around 94, 95. 
And I, I'm going to do a, uh, by the grace of God, I'm going to see if I can do a book, a CD, in a, in, a, in a video documentary of him. Because when you see him, you know, he, he, he was like a, a linebacker, like a big, almost like a big dude from his, from his chest, had kind of skinny legs. He kind of moved like Freddie Mercury, <laughs> you know, but when he played the guitar, it was, it was like, it, it was, you know, like, like this. His, his nose went like this. Like a like a gypsy player, and you and you hear this nose gushing out, gush, gushing out you, like a Saint Bernard Bernard shaking out water at you, <laughs> like, and it sounds so beautiful. You go, oh my God! There's melodies in the middle of all that chaos and crazy. It's not noise. It's like a nuclear melodies. Okay, so. John McLaughlin, Jimi Hendrix, Sonny Chirac, they're the closest to John Coltrane. Right. That's why I love them. That's amazing. And um, was he an American guy or, I mean, he sounds like a, yeah. an American guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. I mean, hopefully I'll, I will go and check him out. That sounds cool. Um, we should talk a little bit about uh, the music you've been trying to do uh, recently. Um, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure if, if you've been working on any of your own projects this year, but I know uh, your wife uh, has got a new album coming out and you've been working, you're on some of the tracks on there, but um, how much did you have to do with Cindy's new album? As much as she invited me to. Uh, <laughs> we played with, uh, I played with Vernon Reed, uh, Kirk Hammett is in the album. Wow. And Vernon and, uh, Reed, Kirk Hammett, uh, John McLaughlin, he plays in two songs, and he's unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, her album was called uh, Give the Drummer Some. She's singing also. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a, even though she's, a, you know, she's an incredible drum, drummer, uh, it's, it's, it's a guitar player's album because there's a lot of guitar in it. Uh, and uh, I'm going to work on, uh, I'm completing some things that I did with Rick Rubin. Uh, African music, uh, and I'm also going to direct my energy towards just a ballad album, just ballads, you know. Uh, so I'm excited to just uh, wake up every morning with innocence, thirst for adventure, and these two words: thirst for the unknown and unpredictability. You know, there's uh, your album. There's the album name: Thirst for the Unknown. Just Thirst for the unknown and unpredictable. You can have that one, yeah. <laughs> All right. What, what was it like um, when you're, uh, when you've got, uh, uh, obviously Cindy is very talented and super successful in her own right. I, I think I saw her uh, with Lenny Kravitz maybe 15 years ago. I'm not sure, something like that. Amazing drummer. But when when you've got two very successful musicians in the same household and, and one is doing an album and she asks you to be a part of it. Is it, is it a little bit like when you're driving in the car and you know, your wife is sitting next to you and she keeps telling you, slow down, take this left, take that right. And you're going, oh, leave me alone. I know what I'm doing like that. Is it, is it kind of like, do you have to be careful about what you suggest and what, you know, are you just there? Look, if you want me to play some guitar, play some guitar, or is it more of a cooperative thing? You know, uh, thank you for asking that. I, I believe the reason we got together is because we both have graduated in, in, in her life and in my life, and we have become spiritual adults. So everything about being with each other it's never an imposition. It's never uh, about uh, whose ego or anything about that. Uh, always with her, she's, she is literally like somebody described, uh, I think Elvin Jones described ice cream, cake, and pie. When she plays drums, she's absolutely ferocious, like Bruce Lee. And, you know, a, a lot of men get scared when they see her. They go, uh-oh, because they got to go practice as soon as they see her. Uh, but when she's next to me and I'm next to her, we both pay attention 
to the sensibility of like for like like for example if i come to your house and we're friends and there's some children running around i would make sure that the children's little fingers don't get caught in a door you know so for me cindy is that child that i don't want her fingers to get hurt in the door all over her so i'm very very vigilant that however i say something in the tone or the presentation everything has to be presented to her from my heart to her it's an invitation to expand not to impose or i know better than you or it, it ain't about that you know because i respect her she grew up with our blakey and tony williams and real real incredible musicians and i, I think god and i think eric uh lenny kravitz because they both uh, bless me with Cindy. You know, Cindy is a real uh, musician partner. You know, besides being my wife and my lover and all that, and a friend, but she's a real musician partner that we can talk about. We never get predictable or boring, ever, because we're always talking about Miles Davis <laughs> and, and and then Wayne Shorter and Herbie and Ron and Tony, you know, and Pharaoh Sanders, and so. For Cindy and I, is we're like eternal kids in a candy store, you know. It, it, it's because music for us is not a job, or, or you know, it's, it's a, such a vibrant blessing. That's the best way to put it. Our lives together is a vibrant blessing, and we constantly discover new new things about Miles and Tony Williams and John McLaughlin. We both love the same thing. I love John McLaughlin. Can't get enough of him, you know. It's a, the, the, there's a, I think there are two tracks from uh, two tracks from that album that are, that have been released on uh, Apple Music as like a uh, like a teaser for the for when the main album comes out, and one one of them has John McLaughlin on it, and and it's mind blowing. You know, it's just like it's, it's you know, Cindy's powerful drumming and some crazy guitar parts from John. It's just it's a very cool track. So hopefully people will check that out as well. Um, I'm kind of, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Uh, I, I, I think most of the people watching this would love to see what that amplifier is over your right hand shoulder because uh, we don't see many dumbbells yeah. in the world. And I'm guessing that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Let me see if I can turn it around. Can you see it like yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. So is this one that, is this one that um, was built for you or that you've just bought over the years? All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> sounds amazing absolutely uh, almost all that kind of haunting reverb and um ah, it's, that sounded that sounded great do, do you ever do you ever look back now uh, you, you know you, you've had an incredibly successful career uh you've you've got you know signature guitars a house in hawaii do you look back sometimes to and ever sort of think that first Woodstock thing it's like <laughs> it's isn't that just it's like crazy that you know like a, a, you were pretty young at the time relatively unknown and then it's like it's just a crazy life right I mean it's just some somebody up there is making sure you know things are going good somebody in here too yeah somebody out there somebody in here too you know that when you put them both together the, the, the Holy Ghost in the inner spirit and and you're in the middle uh 
honoring both, you know. Uh, to this day, some, sometimes people, and usually it's people who are insecure, they go, oh, you're, you know, da -da -da -da, about LSD or mescaline or acid or whatever. And I go, well, one thing that I know is that I learned about, I know why Jimi Hendrix created that kind of music. Because he took some acid. Because if he hadn't taken some acid, it wouldn't sound the same, you know. And those who taken it, like from the like like the Beatles and Sgt. Pepper, uh, you know, I can tell you who took it and who has yet to take it. Because those who who taken it, they sound a lot more galactic. And otherwise, it sounds beautiful, but it sounds like the neighborhood, you know. And the neighborhood is beautiful, but it's not galactic. You know, once you go galactic, it's, it's, it's something different. Uh, Miles, Bitches Brew, the, the Doors. There's something, I'm not promoting it. I, I am saying it that there's a television this size, and then there's ultra, surround around, multidimensional, you know, and... And I, I thank God because some people who took it never came back. They got a, you know, something happened to them. But for me, it gave me, it gave me even more clarity and a better, a better. Somehow I can dance with insanity and sanity and make it work and make it fun, you know. So I, I tell the people who, who try to make fun of me, like, well, you took too much, and I go, well, you haven't taken none, you know. And and when you haven't taken none, you don't have the right to uh, insult me and make fun of me because you don't know what it's like to go into this other portal yeah. and dimension. Because it is a portal and a dimension. This is why shamans, American Indians, before the white people came from Europe, they, you know, it, it was a way to, uh, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a meditation. I'm going to send you the album from, from Sonny Chirac, uh, High Life. It's called High Life. And next time you listen to Bitches Brew or, or the three albums from Jimi Hendrix, the first three albums, you know what I'm talking about, about um, consciousness, explosion, expansion, like that. It's a, it, it, we, I've touched on this in other um, videos in the past. We, <clears throat> we've talked... We've talked quite a lot about, you know, what music would have been created had it not been for the uh, for the sort of the, the, the sort of the mind enhancing uh, or expanding effect that some drugs have. But it's always a difficult topic, really, that one, because you're sitting there going, as you rightly say, some people experiment with it and it has a... It has a, a very a powerful creative impact on them and they're able to make something amazing and they're also able to get their control it and lead a normal life. And for other people, it takes over and, and in the most extreme cases, people will die or have long lasting mental illness as a result of it. So I always feel a sense of slight trepidation talking to an artist like you to sort of go, look, I do understand where you're coming from in the sense of going, you, you are right. You know, some of that music would never have been made had it not been for, 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 the, for the, the drugs that those artists were taking. Um, but see, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a drug, first of right. all. Drugs are, made, drugs are made in a laboratory. Right. Men make drugs. Mother Nature makes medicine. Right. It's a medicine to expand, expand your consciousness. And, and I, you know, I do invite people, if they want to try it, take a guide with you. Take a person who, you know, it's like learning how to body surf. Body surf with somebody who can guide you so you don't drown, yeah. you know? And also, if you're not a nice person, if you're really, really a nice, you're not a nice person, don't take it. Because yeah. there's no place to hide. And all you're going to see is your ugliness, your scary ugliness. You know, but if you're a nice person, basically you have kindness, you have compassion, you have like a, the innocence of a child that you want to discover what's it like to play one note 
and give people chills? What's it like to play one note and make people cry and laugh and dance and, 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 and just feel like they're seeing the complete picture in one note? Then, that, then you're okay with that. But I still invite you to, if you are going to take it, take it under, with supervision. You know, Cary Grant, the actor, did it. You know, a lot of people did it because, and there's, there's actually tours. You go to places in South America where you can go and you can be the shaman and you have two or three days. Uh, the result is, that, result is that you, it's very beneficial to you because it's like taking skin off you like a snake. Uh, perceptions, illusions, and indoctrinations that, that, are, that, that, that they are set to make you feel like a victim or a villain. You know, that stuff is not good for you. So it's actually good to get rid of that and then the real person comes out. And when that person comes out, you can actually uh, sense and feel with more than just the five senses. Uh, this is why Jimi Hendrix, you know, and those who um, experimented with it, you know, they sound so different, mm. quite frankly. I, I, I think you've, you've talked about Hendrix. You can, you can hear it in... I don't... I don't there's, do you know what? Whether it's whether it's uh, sort of whatever kind of substance it is, could be alcohol, whatever. Even in someone like Eric Clapton, you know, his music was different during that era, and probably, as you say, more um, adventurous. Is that the right word? Just more, just just different, isn't it? And 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 it's not uh, as you say. It just, I guess, it opens up parts of the mind that perhaps, you know, are naturally more well, closed. The clue, the clue is that it puts the mind aside. Right. It's, more, it's no more mind, because mind is very limited. It, it, it allows your spirit and your soul and your heart, the three most important, the three most important parts of you as a musician or any kind of artist, your spirit, your soul, and your heart. Your spirit and your soul, they're immutable, first of all. They cannot be messed with. You know, uh, it's your ego that gets your feelings hurt. You know, you broke my heart or you did it, it is. Man, it's been 50 years, get over it, you know. Uh, but your spirit and your soul, this is why I love musicians who, who I can just immediately hear the spirit and the soul taking over the heart. Then the heart tells the mind, shh, don't think. Get out of the way and allow it to flow through you. That is the best kind of music that I heard from The Doors, anyone that I love, because uh, Coltrane, because it's not them anymore. It's the universe being channeled to them. Yeah. And there is such a thing, you know. I, I wish that you and I had time to actually do a seminar uh, and invite people to ask the questions, like, for example, uh, in 30 seconds before we leave, in 30 seconds, I would ask somebody, in, uh, in 30 seconds, here's a watch, 30 seconds, bam. Show me how many times you can give yourself chills. I mean, real bona fide chills. If you can't give chills to yourself, then I'm not going to get them either. Because that's the rule of music. If I don't feel it, why should you? But if you learn to, to give yourself like, ah, like chills, so in one note, the audience are never going to forget that note. They're never going to... I, I see people say that to Eric. Eric, the way you play tonight, i never been touched like that before, you know? And Eric probably go home and already remember what you're talking about because he wasn't there. He was going through him, you know? And, and so there has to be in the future seminars about guitars and strings and pedals and amplifiers. But how to access the unknown tone, the, tone, the other side of the unknown, because that's the one that people are going to remember when they go home. Uh, you, you are they, a goldmine of how to access the unknown. It's another great uh, access the unknown. It's another great video title or an, or an album title. But I would love uh, if ever, I know at the moment, 
travel is a is a problem but if you're if you're ever touring in the uk or if i'm in los angeles at one of the guitar shows or something and you happen to be around i'd love to talk about that in in more depth and and let's see let's see if we can do the 30 second chill challenge you know you've got 30 seconds and let's see how many times we can get it to go i'd love that that would be awesome well look man yeah i I've I've enjoyed this so much um, and uh, I, I hope uh, I, I know 2020 has been a super challenging time for, for all musicians. There's been no gigs and nightmare, uh, but I, I hopefully you're back on the road in 2021, are you? And people will be able to come and see a show somewhere. Absolutely. Uh, for, for us, Cindy and I, this is the time to uh, crystallize intentions, motives and purpose really, really hone in on your priorities, you know. Uh, and so I, I promise you, when, Lord willing, when we, are, when we are allowed to play as a group in front of people, people are going to bug out. You know, they're going to go crazy because we are so marinated with the ocean and the sky and, and the notes and what we're playing that people, people are going to, uh, you know... It, the most important thing that a musician can do is uh, manifest the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in front of the molecules. Because the molecules go, even if you're atheist, you go, oh my God. <laughs> you know, because you're, you're sensing something that is outside of the realm of even superlatives. And that's what we want to get to, you know. A child can understand it, but angels can, can dance behind it and everything else in between. It's a joy to talk to you, and thank you for your devotion to sound resonance vibration. That's what God is. According to Tesla, God is sound resonance vibration. <laughs> oh, man. You are so cool. I've really, really enjoyed this. Look, I, I hope you keep doing what you're doing, man, and, and spreading the word. And uh, I hope every guitar player or every, everybody who's watched this video has, has enjoyed it and got something out of it. And yeah, I, I really, really hope our paths cross at some point in the future. I'd love to meet you face to face. Um, Carlos Santana. Make sure you give us your name, give us your name and all the information on how to send you some Spanish. Primo Sanishara. I will. Right? I will. I'll get your email address from one of the people at PRS, and I'll send it to you. But uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, and thank you so much. And have a wonderful time in Hawaii. Uh, and yes, thank you so much. Thank See you soon. Stay safe. Take care, Carlos. Thank you very much. All right. Bye bye.